Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, hey everyone, welcome. We are back to the show and my earbuds just dropped. <laughs> nice. Just that, That's exactly what I wanted. Grief. Thanks for that, earbuds. So, quick disclaimer: uh, I actually forgot about a handful of articles from that I was supposed to read on last week's show. I don't know how I forgot them, so that's going to be the first thing we get into. And one of those is a Ram 1500 recall, and it has something to do with the brakes. FCA is calling back a number of 15 of Ram 1500 pickups over a very serious concern: their brake pedals could detach from the assembly. Discovered during an internal investigation, the issue might occur when it when the electrically adjustable pedals are being set to their rearmost position. Thus, the company advises owners to refrain from using this feature until their rides are serviced, and especially not while driving, something that's also specified in the manual. No accidents or injuries have been reported so far related to this condition, which could affect an estimated 193,813 units of the 2019 Ram 1500 in the U.S. market. Another 22,111 pickup trucks are being subjected to the safety campaign in Canada, 783 in Mexico, and 5,487 outside the NAFTA region. The recall doesn't include the 1500 Classic, however, and more than a third of the trucks are said to be in dealer hands and will be fixed before being delivered to customers. The second recall includes or involves older HD RAM trucks. A separate recall campaign announced by FCA involves 573,876 heavy-duty trucks in the United States, 62,734 in Canada, 17,682 in Mexico, and 5,837 outside North America. Limited to the 2013-2017 Ram 3500, 2014-2017 Ram 2500, and 3500, it addresses another serious concern, steering loss. This issue was also discovered during an internal investigation and refers to a specific steering linkage configuration that may separate over time. One injury and eight accidents could, according to the company, be related to this problem. FCA didn't say when owners will be notified in either of the two recalls, but will answer any questions as long as they, can, as long as they call their U.S. Recall Information Center at 1-800-853-1403. Once again, they'd be willing to answer any questions as long as they call their U.S. Recall Information Center at 1-800-853-1403. Another topic comes from the Range Rover Velar SV Autobiography. Why, why is it called the SV Autobiography? Why, why do they have the autobiography, I don't know, naming scheme for some of their higher-up models? What? Unless there's an actual autobiography... Of the of the car of the life this car has had going down the production line, Range Rover, Land Rover, change it, please. Say hello to the Range Topping Velar SV Autobiography Dynamic Edition, developed by Land Rover Special Vehicle Operation Operations Division, or SVO. Kind of like a Chrysler's old PVO, very much like that, except with an S rather than a P, because you know PVO was pre-SRT. Described by Land Rover as the pinnacle of the Velar lineup, the SV Autobiography Dynamic Edition packs the company's biggest engine, a 5-liter supercharged V8 
that makes 542 horsepower. As a result, it's the fastest Velar to date. It goes from 0 to 100 kilometers in 4.5 seconds, 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds, and it reaches a top speed of 170 miles per hour. Naturally, shoehorning a V8 in, in the Velar comes with other modifications, such as upgraded brakes and suspension components, as well as bespoke settings for everything from the powertrain to the safety systems. Because of this, the dynamic performance is enhanced without hurting the Velar's all-terrain capability or comfort. Think of it as the civilized driver's Velar SVR. The Velar SV Autobiography Dynamic Edition rides on standard 21-inch forged aluminum wheels. 22-inchers are optional. That, that accommodate larger brakes, 395mm and 396mm diameter front and rear brakes respectively. The rear brakes are bigger? Interesting. The red brake calipers, 4 piston at the front, sliding at the rear, hint at the upgraded performance. For those customers wanting a less conspicuous appearance, the calipers can be had in gloss black as well. Nah, ha gotta have those red brake calipers. Speaking of appearance, the Range Rover Velar SV Autobiography Dynamic Edition comes with a host of unique styling features. On the outside, it features a new front bumper with larger air intakes, a new grille and lower side moldings. Revised rear bumper with integrated quad exhaust and knurled, knurled? knurled finish for the Range Rover lettering. The limited edition Velar is available with an exclusive satin Byron blue paintwork, with all models featuring a contrast Narvik black roof as standard. As you can imagine, the interior is really well specified. Highlights include the twin stitch perforated and quilted Windsor leather, available in four color combinations. Unique sports steering wheel with aluminum gear shift paddles, sports paddles, illuminated metal tread plates, as well as a neural finish for the rotary gear selector and control dials for the Touch Pro Duo infotainment system. The standard specification is generous and includes 20-way adjustable heated and cooled front seats with memory and massage functions. 12.3-inch interactive driver display with a bespoke SV autobiography dynamic startup screen and more. A carbon fiber pack for the interior is, is available as an option as well. The Velar SV Autobiography Dynamic Edition is priced from £86,120, about $112,100 in the UK. And then lastly, something about Amazon going into autonomous driving. Or autonomous cars, sorry. A number of companies are investing in autonomous driving technology, including Apple, Apple and Alphabet. Never heard of them. Amazon has been surprisingly absent from the discussion, but that's changing as the online retailer has invested in Aurora. And before you get all giddy, you know, any of any of you conspiracy buffs out there, if you listen to the podcast, yeah, don't get giddy and think, ooh, it's the Aurora spacecraft thing from Lockheed Martin. No, it's not quite that. Although, quite honestly, I was kind of hoping. I was kind of hoping it'd be something along those lines, but no. It's not the Aurora, what, what do they call it? The Aurora 1 spacecraft? Not space, yo. Not, it's not spacecraft. Aurora Starship. Man, I'm really. Hold on, give me a second. Let me look that up. Space plane. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The, what? They okay. They're calling it the SR ninety one now. Aurora spy plane. That's what they're calling it. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they're calling it the SR ninety one Aurora now. But yeah, they're not talking about the aircraft. As much as I wish they were, but no, they're not. In a medium post, 
medium aurora confirmed its latest round of funding was able to secure 530 million dollars thanks to its investment from amazon sequoia and accounts advised by t row price associates that i'm not given full confidence by that aurora went on to specifically highlight the amazon investment as they noted the retailer's unique expertise capabilities and perspectives will be valuable for us as we drive towards our mission Aurora also noted it, its latest round of funding will help them accelerate the development of their autonomous driving technology and strengthen their team as well as their ecosystem. While Aurora doesn't have the name recognition of Waymo or Cruise Automation, the firm was, fun, was founded by Chris Ermson. Sorry if I got your name wrong. Sterling Anderson and Drew Bagnell. The trio has years of experience in the field of Ermson. Wait. The trio has years of experience in the field as Ermson was the chief... Technology officer for autonomous vehicles at Google's Alphabet and Anderson led the team that created Tesla's Autopilot. Aurora has kept a relatively low profile, but the company is partnering with Hyundai to develop Level 4 autonomous vehicles, which are slated to arrive by 2021. The partnership will initially focus on customer-developed vehicles, but the two companies will work to commercialize self-driving vehicles worldwide in the long term. We have heard about the partnership since it was announced in January of last year. But level 4 vehicles can drive themselves without human involvement, certain conditions. That's a oddly worded article. Probably missing something. At the time, the two companies said the goal of the partnership was to deploy these vehicles quickly, broadly, and safely. And that's it. Kind of ended sharply. Whatever. Okay, now we can get on to the other news. 2019 Geneva Motor Show A to Z. Of all new cars and concepts, and yes, I will actually get onto that. New Mercedes CLA shooting brake, trading off a bit of styling for practicality? Perhaps. The Citroen DSX concept is a futuristic sports car split in two parts. And that will be it for now. I will see you all after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303 576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. We're back. For 158000 you can get a slightly used 690 horsepower Mercedes AMG GLC 63 Coupe. Apple secures patent that uses facial recognition to unlock vehicles. I'm going to have to say a hard no on that one. Just no. And I don't want this. 2024 Explorer prices bumped from 400 to 5,365, and the ST is 8,115, more than the old Sport. Basically, there are price increases across the board, which, in my mind, should be expected. Chevy dealers snap up all 2019 Colorado ZR2 Bisons, and they're flying off lots. Car monitoring tech learns your passengers' age, gender, and a whole lot more. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Do we need... Okay. 
Age, unnecessary. Gender, I'm not so, I don't fully understand why that matters. And a whole lot more? I don't want to know a whole lot more. Oh my, good grief. Buick Cascade getting axed will be missed by no one. And they're kind of right about that because it's, it's, you couldn't get a better definition of badge engineering. Unless maybe you went to the 80s, but still, for modern times, perhaps outside of the, of the Scion BRZ, Scion, Subaru BRZ, Scion FRS, and Toyota GT86 twins, this is as badge engineered as you can get. In, just in the fullest sense of that term. I mean, on one hand, it's nice to have another convertible on the market, but on the other hand, it does kind of bother me that it was kind of a half-hearted effort and they just rebadged a Vauxhall. I'm not saying it's a bad Vauxhall, but that's a, that's what they ended up doing. So, and and GM, do, they don't even own Vauxhall anymore. That's, um, because that's PSA on them now, right? I wonder how that's been going. Land Rover kills plans for Discovery SVX Hardcore Off-Roader. GM's e-bike brand named Ariv launches in Europe with two models. France will invest $790 million in battery industry to reduce reliance on China. Mercedes to expand plug-in hybrid range to 10 models by the end of this year. 2019 Chevrolet Silverado is the first ever truck to pace the Daytona 500. 2020 Kia Soul EV gets 243 mile range rating from the EPA. 40 countries, but not the US, China, and India, agree cars must have standard automatic braking. Part of me says I prefer that they didn't, but I don't, it's not really that much of a, you know, that much of an evil, evil if they have them anyway. So, if they have to, Chris Harris reviews the McLaren 600LT, finds it more rewarding than the Senna. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool to me. Because the 600LT isn't even their top model, it's below the 720S. And yet he finds it more rewarding than the Senna. The top dog McLaren right now. Well, this side of the speed tail, but still. I really like McLaren. I'll say that much. I really like McLaren now. Or at the very least, I definitely prefer them over Ferrari, currently. As more EVs hit the market, recharging them remains a problem. Yeah, because infrastructure. We know this. New Hyundai crossover to debut in New York will slot beneath the Kona. How are you going to slot something below the Kona? I just saw one. I just saw a Kona the other day, and that thing's already pretty small. What what could you possibly fit below the Kona that Americans are going to buy? Although then again, I suppose that's making the assumption that, it well, if they're debuting in New York, then there you go. Have Tesla referral rewards? Hurry up, as deadline moved to February 28th. Jaguar Land Rover's China woes caused by poor quality control. Build your own 2019 Mazda 3 with the official... German configurator. New Pure Italia 965 PS hybrid supercar coming with AI-managed electric power, and it looks a lot like a Mustang. The silhouette, anyway. This looks a lot like a Mustang to me. And I mean the current one, not older ones, the current one. <laughs> Firefighters extinguishing Porsche Cayman fire seemingly look engine in, in the wrong place. They might, I mean, to be fair, they might have been looking for the battery, but dearie me. Rivian's future seems brighter after securing 700 million investment led by Amazon. 2019 BMW 1 Series shows 3 Series inspired dash and funky LED door trims. Ferrari getting ready to reveal 488, the 488's big hybrid brother, but not in Geneva. Hyundai i30 N-Line gets a more affordable 1 liter turbo entry level model. A dozen Minnesota State Patrol cars were hit on the side of the road in just two weeks. That's a darn shame. 
2020 Mercedes S-Class gets huge touchscreen. Looks bigger than iPad Pro 12.9. It's got a really nice steering wheel too. Nice round centerpiece. Ferrari unveils the 2019 SF90 Formula 1 car and it's matte red. Why? Why is it matte? Ugh. I'm not a big fan of matte colors. And the fact that they put that in an F1 car... Ugh. I'll tell you what, you know what I'm really disappointed by? Red Bull. Because they've got an absolutely killer livery, and it, that's not it. Unless they can top it, which would be nice. I doubt it, but it, it would be nice. Then, you know, what the mess, Red Bull? You gotta, you gotta, again, an absolutely killer livery, and you're saying, oh, nah, nah, this is just a, the debut livery to get people interested. That's it. We, we got a different one for the race. I am highly disappointed. And before I forget, I should actually get on to that Geneva article. So, production cars going to Geneva this year. The ABT Audi A6 TDI, the ABT Audi RS4 Plus, the ABT e-Transporter, supposedly the Alfa Romeo Small SUV, I guess codenamed the NC, Alpina B7X Drive, Audi Fevs, Audi RSQ3. Okay, so NC's not the code. I don't know what that means then, but anyway. Audi S8, Audi TT RS Facelift, Urus Senat, terrible name, Bentley Bentayga Speed, Bentley Centenary Special, BMW 3 Series Touring, BMW 530e iPerformance, the new BMW 7 Series, BMW X3 M, and I guess the M Competition, BMW X4 M Competition, oh, I, I didn't even know they were doing an X4 M, sweet, well, I say sweet, interesting, Bugatti Challenge Sport 100 and a Bugatti Hypercar of some sort, the Citroen C4 Cactus EV, a Janetta Supercar, an Ital Design Debut, the Kia X-Seed, the Koenigsegg Agera Successor, I'm excited for that, Lamborghini Huracan Evo, Lexus LC Convertible, Lexus RCF Track Edition, Lexus UX300E EV, that, that's really, that's, a, that's hard to say, Lexus UX300E EV, well couldn't you just have said Lexus UX300E EV and be done with it, or the Lexus UX300E. And again, be done with it. E, you don't need the E and EV. It's a redundancy. Of the highest order, might I add. Mazda MX-5 30th Euro. 30th anniversary Euro, I suppose. Mazda new SUV. The Mazda 3. McLaren 600LT Spider. Mercedes CLA shooting brake. The Mercedes GLC facelift. The Mercedes V-Class. Mercedes AMG A45. Mercedes AMG GTR Roadster, the Mini Cooper S 60 Years Edition, the Mitsubishi ASX Facelift, Morgan Wide Widebody Sports Car, Opel Vivaro Life, Peugeot 208, Pininfarina Batista EV, Pulsar 2 Sedan EV, Porsche 718 Cayman slash Boxster T, Porsche Taken Taycan, Pure Italia Berlinetta Hybrid, Renault Clio, Renault Twingo Facelift, Renault Zoe Facelift, Skoda Kamek SUV, Skoda Superb Facelift, Sangyong Corando, Sangyong Tivoli Facelift, Stratos V8 Scuderia, basically that new uh, Lancia Stratos, Subaru E-Boxer Hybrids, TechArt Porsche GT Street RS, Top Car Mercedes G-Class Inferno, the Toyota Igo X-Site and X-Style, Volkswagen Golf GTI TCR, the Mark 8 VW Golf, VW Passat Facelift, and the VW T-Cross. That's a lot of debuts, and honestly, I'm not even done yet. I still got some concepts to go through. 
So Concepts, Audi Q4 e-tron, Audi e-tron hatch, Citroen Centenary, Centenary Concept, what's with the Centenary name? Cupra SUV Concept, GFG style kangaroo, wow that sound, that's the most Australian thing I've heard thus far this year. Hispano Suza Carmen, Honda EV Prototype, Honda IED Tomo, Kia EV Concept, Lagonda All-Terrain, Lexus LC Convertible, Mini John Cooper Works GP Special, Mitsubishi Engelberg Tour, Engelberg Terrible, Nissan New Concept, Seat Leon Concept, Seat WMC Concept, Skoda Vision IV, VW Electric Dune Buggy, and the VW T-Rock R. And that is all for the concepts of the Geneva Show. I gotta take a small break, small break right now. I will see you soon. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. We are back for the final time. Land Rover claims 2020 Defender interior image is old, yet threatens legal action. 2020 BMW X3 M and X4 M priced from $70,895 and $74,395 respectively. And I saw this earlier in the week. Apparently, apparently it was supposed to be an interior photo of the Defender, and now they're saying it's an old interior photo of the, of the Defender. Not long after an image showing the interior of the all-new 2020 Land Rover Defender, the image was shared by Twitter user RC Design UK, and while it looked like the real deal from the outset, it was difficult to know for sure. However, Land Rover Communications and PR Director Richard Agnew, sorry if I got your name wrong, confirmed that it was real by tweeting back and threatening legal action against the original poster. How about now you remove this image that you've publicly stated you shouldn't post. Legal team are on the way, Agnew's tweet stated. With that, we know that this is a real image of the new Defender's interior and that the company isn't happy at all with the leak. While discussing the photo with Jalopnik, Land Rover confirmed that the release of the image wasn't part of a PR operation and that it's, in, that it's an older, out-of-date internal photo. With that in mind, it's possible that the production model's cabin won't look exactly like this, but in all likelihood, it should be pretty close. Unless JLR is sandbagging and this is the real thing. Key interior highlights revealed in the leaked image are a four-spoke steering wheel with a Defender badge, a digital instrument cluster, a large horizontal screen to control the infotainment functions. So as a whole, it combines the utilitarian character of the Defender nicely with the new technologies expected by customers nowadays. Beyond the cabin, we know that the new Defender will be based on JLR's MLA architecture and, like its predecessor, will be sold both as a short wheelbase, short wheelbase 90 and long wheelbase 110, while a, pit, while a pickup truck variant is also possible. 
Land Rover should reveal the new defend the new defender before the end of the year, with sales expected to commence in early 2020. It does kind of look like an in an internal photo. Some of it does look a little out of date to me. It you know some of it doesn't look like something that would exactly pass production, but the overall theme definitely does. So hey, maybe that is it. New BMW 3 Series Touring will get a 248 horsepower 330 E Fev version. Cummings' entry-level hypercar may have a 1,050 horsepower hybrid powertrain. Nissan, a GTR 50 by Ital design shown off to Middle East customers. Say as Cooper brand teases new SUV concept ahead of February 22nd launch. Porsche warns customers of a 10% price hike in case of no-deal Brexit. McLaren F1 presents 2019 MCL 34 car, all-new driver lineup as well. Mercedes AMG and cigarette racing, a new 41 AMG carbon edition has 100 and has 1,600 seahorses. Ford working on a more powerful Mustang EcoBoost for 2020. Apple's autonomous vehicle traveled just 1.1 miles between disengagements. Alfa Romeo F1 puts on Valentine's Day livery for 2019 debut. 2020 BMW M8 Grand, Grand Coupe. It's for those who find the M5 understated. Tesla launches dog mode to protect your pooch. If I remember correctly, that's for... So that if the cabin gets hot, it'll save your dog from, you know, dying in the cabin because of the heat. I don't know how exactly it does it, but I believe I remember reading a headline somewhere that that's basically the gist of this new uh, dog mode. Ohio State Highway Patrol's amusing Valentine's post irks some Facebook users. Rip Rover, NASA loses contact with Opportunity, Mars Exploring Vehicle. Tesla announces it is not testing autonomous cars in California. All-Electric Polestar 2 teases its smart LED taillights ahead of February 22nd reveal. New Kia crossover spotted testing looks like, the, looks like the production version of the SP concept. Limited run at Classic Mini Electric unveiled with $100,000 starting price. The Swind E-Classic Mini costs more than the Audi e-tron, but air conditioning and power steering are optional. Like I said, just a nice tall glass of nope. That's nice, but that's way, way too expensive. Mazda's US SUV lineup will increase with the launch of two new models. Ford recalls 1.5 million F-150s because they might downshift on their own. Ford is recalling approximately 1.48 million F-150 pickup trucks across North America because of a potential downshift issue with the transmission. The company claims that select 2011 to 2013 Ford F-150s with the six-speed automatic gearbox may experience an unintended downshift into first gear without warning. This could result in a loss of control of the vehicle and subsequently increase the risk of a crash, not to mention blow up the engine. You know, you know, just the minor things. Ford reports that it is aware of five accidents related to the issue, one of which caused whiplash injuries to the driver. The problem relates to a speed sensor which may temporarily stop communicating with other parts of the truck's powertrain. Vehicles affected were built at Ford's Dearborn plant from April 28, 2010 to October 28, 2013, and at the Kansas City Assembly plant from May 18, 2010 to November 18, 2013. Of the 1.48 million F-150s recall, 1.26 million reside in the United States, while 221,000 are in Canada. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration opened an investigation in December 2017 into an additional 1.4 million 2011 to 2013 vehicles 
and should be recalling the following 123 complaints and two reported crashes. The outcome of the investigation is still pending, but the NHTSA reports that the unexpected downshift can cause the rear tires to lock up and the vehicle to skid. Towards the end of December 2018, Ford announced that it was recalling 874,000 F-150 F-Series Super Duty trucks in North America and Canada due to engines with the engine block heater. The automaker asserted that water and contaminants could intrude into the block heater's cable splice connector and cause corrosion and other damages that could lead to a fire. Porsche 911 GT2 RS Cloud Sports get its own one-make race series. Sounds a lot like the Viper Cup, but with 911 GT2 RS Club Sports. Honda expects CRV Hybrid to account for half of European sales. Hyundai will allegedly launch Fiesta ST rivaling i20N in early 2020. Ford and VW continue talks about partnership, but probably won't include EVs. Mercedes-AMG Petronas wants to continue its F1 dominance with 2019's W10. VW T-Roc R Hot SUV previewed as 300 near production concept. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed. I will see you soon. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you do subscribe, hit the little notification bell. That way you'll be notified of every time when I upload. See you soon, guys. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at CodyCar, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.